When a chance audition in 2014 led her to Pinewood Studios, Samantha Aline's life would be flung into a galaxy far, far away, playing 15 characters across five films, including playing Star Wars' first ever female stormtrooper. From spotting the First Order Stormtrooper costumes for the first time to the crew's reaction upon hearing Poe Dameron reveal that Palpatine had returned, Sam drops great story after great story of life on a Star Wars set. Plus, what's it like to share the stage with Adam Driver? He'd done this spectacular fight and it was just amazing and Adam is so precise but, you know, but also is badass and and then he just turns and there was the perfect red reflection of the lightsaber down his face in this shot Oof. and JJ was just beside himself and every and then they they kept playing it back and everyone was just like oh my god and it was like this is why we do what we do for moments like that and it was just like I had goosebumps I've got them now <laughs> trust me you're gonna leave this one feeling pretty good This is Steel Wars episode 241, Samantha Aline, Stormtrooping Through the Sequel Trilogy. Hey guys, welcome to Steel Wars. I am Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars. And each week we talk to someone of interest about it. And this week we have got a long-awaited guest that and we'll talk about this in a second ironically is now on the podcast earlier than she was meant to be i'm not sure if she can work out that riddle but you would know her from her storm trooping through disney star wars it is samantha aline how you doing hi i'm very well thank you how are you i am Excellent, getting to talk to you. Now, did you work out my riddle, how you're long-awaited? I think so. Is that because we – well, you said we're we're doing this earlier than we should have. I think that's because we were going to do this at Celebration. Is that right? That is right. Uh, I'll get sad. We waited so long. We were, like, holding out. This is, like – we've been waiting to do this forever. We'll do it at Celebration. In fact, we we agreed to do this two celebrations ago in London. When I met you, you were you were interviewing details at a live podcast. Yes, that in was. Celebration Europe in London, and that's when we said we were going to do this one day. So we've sit. So no, it's three because we had Orlando and Chicago. So no, finally, <laughs> that European celebration that was in London. Mm-hmm. That was the best weekend. Do you know what? That was um, – it was very strange for me because I had just – I think – I can't remember the exact timing, but I'd, I'd, I know that Force Awakens was out. And I think it was out there that I'd, you know, done the Stormtrooper thing in that movie. And I think I may have worked on Rogue One, but it hadn't been released yet. That's the timing. Um, Right, okay. But the thing was, I was completely unknown and I just happened to hear that, you know, this was happening because I'd started to amass some 
social media um, friends and followers. And obviously everyone was talking about it. Um, Star Wars friends and followers, not just normal friends. I had those already. (laughs) 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 And um, I I can't recommend having normal friends enough. Oh, my God. Hey, my Star Wars friends are great, but... Yes. Sometimes it's good just to to hit up some normal friends. No no offence, anyone. No, but I had never heard of Star Wars Celebration before. So, obviously, everyone that I had just started to make friends with in in that world was everyone was talking about it and I was like well hang on this um I was actually born like a stone's throw away from the Excel center that's where I was born and grew up and my family still live literally five minutes up the road so I was like listen I'm definitely going to this and this was so close to 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 the actual event so I had to find a ticket somewhere and I went I joined one of these fan exchange ticket things and I ended up buying a ticket from someone who's now really good friends of mine in France, who's part of the 501st sort of um, group over there. And yeah, we met. I was just so scared and tentative and I was by myself and I ended up going um, and buying a whole weekend ticket, full price, um, paid for that and went. And it was just mind blowing and I had nothing to compare it to, obviously, because that was my first one. But because I was so, because I was so unaware of what went, what was, what, what was supposed to happen, and what, ha- who goes to these things, and I feel like it almost helped me in a way because I basically ended up in the hotel bar on the first evening and met Pablo Hidalgo and had no idea who he was. And he literally pulled out his phone and said, I know who you are. You're Samantha Ali. Pulled out his phone, showed me a clip of me on the um, Blu-ray DVD documentary and was like, I'm going to follow you on Twitter. And I was just like, oh, that's cool. Thanks. And literally had no idea who this was. And so I think not knowing anything kind of helped me because I wasn't, you know, trying to get all these new friends and stuff I was just like oh okay this is fun and I just met I met lots of people um who are quite big in the Star Wars world obviously none bigger than Pablo probably but yeah it was I thought you were gonna say me then well yeah obviously you oh I thought I thought oh here we go this is gonna be this is gonna be a sweet compliment (laughs) come and steals way he needs this listen you I just remember walking up to that stage and you were sat on the stage interviewing Dee. And I remember those, it's tiring, those shows, you know, there's a lot of walking around to do. And I just sat down and listened to you guys for, I don't know, what, an hour. And I was crying with laughter. And I just remember thinking, this guy is so funny. You, Dee is as well, obviously, lots of love to Dee. But yeah, I remember that, that you were, I, I was literally just like, this guy's funny. I want to be his friend. Well, that and was the, that was the sort of compliment I was trolling for. So, um, listen, I'm not that goes. I don't. My mum always taught me if you if you don't have anything nice to say, say nothing at all. So, if I say something, it's true. Honestly, I thought you were hilarious, and I loved the way you come at Star Wars from not you know some some fans are very serious about the whole thing, and I love the way that you come at it from a completely different angle and with humour, because that's that's very much how I look at life. So, there you go. Thanks, Sam. Now, I, I was having this discussion with someone on Twitter this week mm-hmm. and it's it's a 
I've had similar theme discussions, but with Star Wars fans, some, and I think this is like with a lot of pop culture stuff, they want it to seem older and more complex than it is. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they were talking about, oh, but, you know, this happens in Clone Wars and that's, that's not for kids. And I'm like, what? what 12 year old would be confused or scared by this, what's going on there? Like, it's not as complex as you think and don't fight it. Like for me, and I, I I sort of, it's hard for me to imagine otherwise, but I watch Star Wars to feel like I'm 12. Like I I don't watch, I don't get involved with it to feel adult for a couple of hours. Like, like I want to like, time machine back to the emotions of like a 12, have some 12 year old level fun. And I don't know if anyone knows to ha- how to have fun better than a 12 year old. Cause you're just discovering things you're not meant to like be involved <laughs> with. This is such, I feel like this is such dangerous ground to be on because I, obviously I have my own opinions on the fandom and, and where, it, where we're at right now. But essentially I agree with everything you're saying. The, George Lucas himself said these are, you know, these are films for children and they, 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 they were and are a very magical part of people's childhood childhoods. And unfortunately some people I think place too much preference. That's not the right word. Um, They, they put too much emphasis on the fact that that's what that was for them. And so they're constantly trying to get back to that, you know, and they're not, 12 anymore so it's very difficult I agree I feel I feel like people take things too seriously and you're what you said about it being complex you're right it shouldn't be complex it should just be it's entertainment you go to the cinema to be entertained and I don't know of any other franchise or even just a film that people put so much gravitas on and expect so much from it to the point where it takes over their life, it is it is huge and it's it's you know it's a great thing to be a part of. But they are just films, and we have to remember that at the end of the day, they are just films. And you should come away, you know, by all means, have an opinion, and it doesn't always have to be a positive one. But then vocalize that and get on with your life, and you know, go and hug your children or something. <laughs> it it shouldn't be to the point where you know people are name calling and I mean like the whole Kelly Marie Tran thing and all of this stuff I feel like we need to is just step back and look at it for what it is it's entertainment and yes it should bring you joy and make you feel young again and if it doesn't then I'm sorry but then go and find something else that maybe does let's not just at the end of the day, when when we make, when I say we, when people make films, I feel like hey, you're the one with your name in your credits. Okay, so <laughs> well, I, I, actually, I, you sorry, can go with the anyway, we. Okay, so when 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 people make films, um, I feel like yes, there is there is a, the, the the viewer is is a very important part. Without the viewer, there's no actually no point in making it, but those directors don't owe you anything 
and it it's impossible for a director or a writer or a producer to to when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you find the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Personalize each project to everyone's liking. That's ridiculous. You can't, you cannot please all of the people all the time. So they make the art that they want to make, that they feel inclined to make. And yes, with Star Wars, I'm sure there is a massive pressure on directors and writers and producers to always have that in the back of their mind. I hope the fans like this. I hope this is what the fans want. I hope this is the direction the fans want it to go in. But there's no, there's no, it, it was never set in, said in stone that that's what they have to do. And I feel like if you go to watch any other movie, it's the entitledness. It's not, I don't like the entitledness of it. They should they should do it like this because I'm a Star Wars fan and that's how it should be. No, they don't owe you anything. They can make whatever they like and they have and you either like it or you don't. And people just need to remember that at the end of the day. It's art and a lot of a lot of I feel this is my opinion and please nobody hate me, but I feel like it's not all about you as the viewer. It's it's also about the person making the art and and what they feel and and what where they want it to go you know it's and i when that when there's a lot of passion that i see that on set coming from people like jj jj just exudes passion for star wars and you, you just it's palpable when you're around him and i feel like nothing there's nothing that he could have done to make you know basically he made what he wanted to make and he made it with such love and care and attention. And I feel like he could have done it a thousand different ways and people would still not be happy because you're not going to please everyone all the time. And I, I remember one time someone saying, oh, you know, this is just like the old movies. I, I don't want it like the old movies. I want it like I want it different. I want it new. And then they would say, this is too new. I don't want it this new. I want it more like the old movie. It's like, it's like come on, you know, you can't you, – it's physically – impossible to please everyone but yeah just remember it's it's art and art is subjective and also yeah let's all be 12 and enjoy it and if you don't then there's other stuff to enjoy out there you know and i think you know when you say deserve like i i think all the fans deserve is an honest effort exactly and that's what i meant when i talked about jj yeah like like if don't make it like care don't make anything half-assed and 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 you know lazy or anything like that. If it, if it's if it's yeah, I agree. If you, if you've put if you can see that someone's put their heart into it, then you know that's all we can ask for. And I, I think there's an art to not liking stuff. Like <laughs> yeah. you know, you can do it. Like so, I've I've been. Um, skateboarding again a lot lately because of... i know you're so good oh thank you buddy thank you um again I, more compliments Sorry, this is the best episode this is, <laughs> this, is, this is really good 
Yak Face last week was giving me nothing. None, none, none of this sort of um, ego boost. But oh. the um, so I've been skateboarding again, and mm. I like sometimes when people skateboard, and at times through my life, I did suffer this. I would get angry, right. like. I, I like I've snapped like stomped on a board in half because I was frustrated, <gasps> and you know you let it overwhelm you, and this f- thing that you're doing for fun again to feel twelve is mm. um you know it's suddenly not fun, and then I, I sort of learnt to just enjoy not making like sort of just laugh at myself, and I I, I was sort of louder about it, but. I was sort of having fun frustration. Do you know what I mean? And it was weird because Jackie was sort of like going, oh, it's sometimes when you're skateboarding, it looks like you're really mad, but then you're just laughing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's just like I just celebrate. Like the whole thing is funny to me that I'm riding around on this board. And like similarly, you know, I get frustrated with Star Wars, but the whole thing is like, it's like the lightsaber, you know, show in space. It's like, it's sick. Exactly. And there's only so much, like, it's just like, it's important, but it's not important, important. Mm. 100%. Um, I think we just conditioned, you know, as you, the older you get, you're, you're scared to, um, with the skateboarding thing, you're scared to make mistakes because, you know, we're, when you're a kid, and you're trying to learn to do something, you just do it. And, you know, you fall off and you scrape your knees and then you just carry on. And oftentimes it's funny. And I think that's what you're doing. You're regressing back to that childlike state where you're like, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to keep trying. And that's why you're laughing at yourself because what's funnier than than falling and hurting yourself, really, when you think about it? That's why these, you know, you've been framed, these kind of shows you get, so many people sending in funny videos of kids falling because it's funny. Um, and I think people are applying that adult conditionedness to, to their, to the art. And the irony of, of, Oh, this was my childhood. Instead of applying that, that lovely, just, you know, childlike innocence to watching it and then moving on they're looking at it through adult conditions, almost scared to to fall eyes, and that's where the 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 problem starts to arise. I think you're right. You need to people need to um, realize how to not like stuff and how to vocalize it. There are ways of there's there's ways of because I know people that you know had problems with some of the sequel trilogy and. They, they they make their point and then they move on. And then there's people that just won't let it go and and are quite nasty about it. And I think that's when you need to question, you know, the relationship that you're having with it. Does that make sense? Hey, you're, you're, you're preaching to the converted, Sister Samantha. Right. Thanks. My head's starting to hurt now, though. I'm going way too deep into this. <laughs> So after you went to celebration, yes, like were you then like back on set, just going, "Hey, do you know all about these people that yeah. all come together, then go out all night?" Yes, it was really strange because 
I you you made a comment earlier about me being in the credits. I'm not actually in the credits. Um, unfortunately, stormtroopers aren't credited. But so, uh, in terms of God, now there really should have been a stormtrooper revolt. <laughs> I mean, it, I'm in a different place now to where I was back then. But I basically, in terms of the food chain, was very low. You know, and just cannon fodder basically and so when you're on set it's kind of weird to be that low on the food chain but to have a kind of I don't want to say relationship but friendship and knowing Pablo Hidalgo and people of that ilk and then going on set and being a nobody I was almost living and there was a strange dichotomy where I was like oh yeah I'm just I'm just an extra who's you know playing a stormtrooper and and, and a nobody. Oh, by the way, where were you last night? Oh, I was in the bar with Pablo. You know, it's a bit strange. <laughs> it's very strange. And and I've always had that kind of double, I don't know, double life, but that strange dichotomy of the two. Um, because nobody cares on set about that stuff. And I would never talk about it, even though I'm talking about it now on a podcast. But anyway, um, it was very strange. So I was, and we don't talk about that stuff on set. Because, you know, we have a job to do and we just get on with it. And occasionally people would say, oh, you know, I saw you, so-and-so. And it's nice, but it, it, it it's now, now I can kind of, now I've done all five movies. I, I'm in a place now where I'm kind of like, okay, this has happened and it's been amazing. But it has been very strange at times, um, especially like, I don't know, when I was, when I, was on stage um at the wind wind rush wind trust arena um and like that was like ten thousand people and then going back to be on set after that it's just like and nobody knows you know and it's kind of strange it's those like two, those two things don't you know who i am i'm walkerpedia famous Exactly. It's like, yeah. Do you know who I am? I, I, how dare you make me lie on this cold floor for sixteen hours? You know, get me a, get me a blanket. But no, it, it is very. I, I'm. I think of. I've thought about it over the years. But it's, you know, it's, it's fun. It's nice. It's not. And I love, you know, everyone that I get to hang with. And I think I've got the best of both worlds because I'm a fan. And I get to hang around with and talk to other fans and interact with people in the Star Wars family and be in it. So I've got the best of both worlds, literally. I'm in it and I'm doing it. And I'm also with people that love it and want to talk about it and make content about it as yourself, such as yourself and people that, you know, make the decisions about it as well. It's nice that I can have the best of both worlds. It was really interesting at the London celebration because mm-hmm. I, I, I met you and, and D and mm-hmm. is it Ross that plays Snoke? Yes. Yes. Ross, I think Sandbridge. Yeah. I think. And mm-hmm. it was just so funny how like, like at the live podcast, like, like Snoke is in the audience having a good time. <laughs> Yeah, and then you know he's talking to people that know him and stuff, but he's not like you. You guys had this weird thing of sort of go into fan mode and just uh, like sort of blend in and, and soak it up. Yeah, I think 
a lot of that comes down to um you know security ndas that sort of thing so we have to be and you know just be being mindful and respectful nobody wants to spoil anything for anyone um and you can't be going around sort of these things and shouting yeah guess who i am guess what i do guess what i did last week um that would just be silly and some have tried <laughs> i know and some who, who weren't even hadn't even done those things no names mentioned um yeah i mean you'd just be a bit of a i don't want to say a bad word but you just you'd look a bit stupid if you went around blabbing your mouth all the time and i've tried to be very respectful over the years and and also not get sued <laughs> um and also be asked to come back because you know you have these there are they, these rules are in place for a reason but it is nice that we i still now there's a lot of people that don't even know i exist in terms of star wars and my tell me about it <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's even weirder when you're in it and you know i <laughs> yeah i've played um 15 different characters in five movies um and people just don't know and people don't know that there are female stormtroopers or that i was the you know i as i was told the first people just don't know this stuff and people, I get met tweets daily from people going, oh, my God, I didn't know about you. And um, So I have that. Do you reply and to I- them, me neither? <laughs> I didn't know about you either, but hey. No, I don't. Good I'm to not know. Like me. Um, but I, yeah, I, that an- anonymity, I, had, I struggle with that word, is good because we get to, like you said, sit sit in the audience and be a fan. I kind of like the being able to do that because, you know, it's nice when people know who you are and know what you've done and want to talk about it. It's also nice to just be able to sit and watch Still Saunders ask people questions and make jokes and not be, very, you know. Very debatable. That could really... um. If you, if, if, you, if you don't want any more online discourse, that might not be the uh, the uh, topic to put out there. Um, well, again, it is it is it's. I listen. I am highly, highly blessed. I have had the most amazing last five or six years because of this film franchise, and I know how lucky I am, and I count my blessings every day. And so, I'm going to take it all on the chin. Negative positive but i'm very lucky and my experiences have been majority have been wholly positive and so um yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't have it any other way really so yeah i mean if i get more well known because of this then you know so be it but being able to to go about my business and go around celebration or anything and and just slipping to these places and you know relatively unknown is nice and whenever for the rest of your life someone googles you a photo of you as a stormtrooper will pop up first i know right (laughs) it's crazy like i still 
I still can't believe it. And you know what? I go through phases, especially during lockdown, where I forget because I'm not having. I, 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 the other day I did a Facebook status. I don't, I try not to use social media too much. So I don't really like it, but I, um, I did a Facebook status the other day just saying how much I miss my Star Wars family. And, and I meant like the, when at work, like in front of the camera, the actors and behind the camera, the crew, but also the, the fandom and the, you know, like you guys, the creators and the content creators and, just everyone and I think it just suddenly hit me that celebration isn't happening and I was just really sad and I go through long sort of periods where I forget that I've even done it because I'm not really talking about it or looking at I have like books here in my in my lounge and I have I even have a helmet just sitting there looking at me but I kind of forget and then I then I remember and I go hey you buy Star Wars movies you're a stormtrooper and then I pinch myself and go, wow. And I still can't quite get my head around it. And like, I, it's, it's insane. It's, it's basically um, just getting paid to, to play, really. Dress up and play. And it is probably one of the best jobs in the world. It could be up there. It could be up there. <laughs> Hey, you guys, I hope you're enjoying this super fun chat with Sam Aline having a ball. I just wanted to chime in to let you know that we have a new T-shirt up for pre-order at merchostore.com and it is the Yodi Hawk print. The amazing follow-up from our Yub Nub t-shirt, Andy Murphy, my artist friend in Melbourne, has done it again with a dream print of mine, combining all our favourites, Baby Yoda, with my favourite childhood skateboard graphic of Tony Hawk. This print has been getting such a good reaction online, so click the link in the show notes and check it out. There's stickers, we've got t-shirts and also some hoods for those that need to rug up. And we've got a pre-order for the second only time that we have printed the Yub Nub print for all you Ewok fans out there. And I have to say, you need to check out and consider the Forest Camouflage Yub Nub Hoodie. It is my personal favourite. Plus, as a special offer, if you pre-order any of these new tees, you can also pick up one of our classic t-shirts for just $11.38. All t-shirts are screen printed, not digitally printed, in LA, so you get a print that lasts for years and years years and everything is printed on the highest quality ring spun t-shirts and heavyweight fleece i've spent over 25 years in the clothing industry so i know how to get you the good stuff yes i started very young i am so happy to have both these t-shirts coming out next month so check out merchostore.com to put in your Pre-order. All pre-orders come with a bonus sticker pack to boot. Thanks so much for your support. And now, back to the show.
Okay, let's go back before the new Star Wars era. What What is your first memory of Star Wars? Um, I, I, I've said before, I wasn't a huge Star Wars fan before I was in Star Wars, but I do remember. I feel like Star Wars is a part of um, social history and culture that is it is ingrained in. I remember when I went I went with a friend to Goa uh, in India for a holiday and we were like going through this market and there was a guy selling T-shirts and there was a, a Star Wars T-shirt and my friend was like, she's in Star Wars. And he was like, what? Like he, I don't, and it's just so strange that, you know, they, it's everywhere and it's ingrained in people's consciousness so I don't. I feel like if you're not even aware of what it is, then you've probably been in under a rock or something. But I wasn't a huge fan, um, as in I, as in I wasn't just really, um, I hadn't seen all the movies and stuff. But I do remember being young and my uncle being a huge Star Wars fan and having a lightsaber. And I remember him. I remember us watching Star Wars as well. When I was young, and I also remember how he he got me a little keyboard, and the demo song on the keyboard was the Star Wars theme. Whoa. It was so cool! It was one of those little mini ones, and I really wish I had. I think I still have it somewhere at my, maybe in my mum's loft. But yeah, it was really cool. And so, years later, when you hear that song in in the movie, I was like, Oh my god, that was on that keyboard! <laughs> so yeah, it's. I think we all have those those memories of Star Wars. Do I wish that I had been more, you know, into Star Wars young when I was younger? Yes, because you know, when you I'm not just saying that. It's 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 a lovely thing to be a part of. Um but I yes, I wasn't a huge fan before I was in them. How, I was aware of How did you get in them? Right. Great question. So <laughs> I was forgive me forgive anyone that's heard this story a million times, but I was um, so basically I I'm a trained actress, and I've also modelled in the past. Um, I call myself a retired model now, but uh, you know if anyone wants to hit me up, I can come out for retirement. Um, so I was um, going after I um, got my degree in acting. I was. I kind of fell out of love with acting a little bit and I was working freelance um, as a model. Um, I've, I'm quite open about the fact that I've never been like a, a, a signed model. I've always sort of found my own modeling jobs. Um, pe- there are people out there that for, for whatever reason uh, find models not through agencies Um you know, agencies charge charge more fees or whatnot. And so they put adverts on things like Star Now and stuff. So that's an industry website. And I replied to an advert on there that was looking for... So basically, I had started to be a model in the background of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was... I worked, I think, on one... One called Walking Walking on Sunshine, which is a bit like a Mamma Mia musical type film, British film. And I just I did quite a lot of work on that movie, and I was just loving being on set. And I started to think, oh, I really miss 
acting. And then I was, so I started to look at adverts that were more, you know, movie based. Mm -hmm. And I saw an ad for um, tall, uh, tall women with character looking faces, strong character looks wanted for Hollywood movie. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Um, And so I applied and it wasn't the movie directly advertising. It was for an agency. And they asked me to go down and sign up in London. I did. And then they put me forward to the movie, which I found out was nicknamed Avco. And I was like, they said, you know, we've we've sent your pictures off. And then they, they came back saying that, that they really wanted to work with me and they I think they gave me some provisional dates and that would I go for a fitting and so I I don't drive so I had to to go to a station and be picked up by a minibus that then takes you to Pinewood and I I, I just had no clue what this movie was it other than Avco being the the, the working title and then I just basically got to Pinewood and signed in and there was just this moment where I was, I'd finished signing in and I looked up and looked to my right and there was a huge long rail of Stormtrooper outfits. Mm. And there was just this moment of like, oh my God. And like I said to you, I, although I wasn't a huge fan, I I defy anyone to not know what, what those costumes are. People that haven't seen Star Wars will probably know that those costumes mean Star Wars. And I literally was like, I think I probably gasped um, audibly and was like, oh, my God, this is Star Wars. And I knew they were making new movies because it had been in the press, you know, there's going to be three more new Star Wars movies. But I wasn't aware of the time frame or even that they were making them over here. I probably assumed that they'd make them in America. But, yeah, so there was just this, like, literal jaw-dropping moment. And you've got to imagine that... The sight of, I don't know, 20 Stormtrooper outfits on a rail is quite impressive. Oh, I don't and, have to imagine that being impressive. It, it, and I literally, it's, especially it's, when you have no idea impressive. what this is, and I literally just went, oh, my God, this is Star Wars. Now, were they original Stormtroopers or were they First Order Stormtroopers? They were First Order Stormtroopers. Oh, spoiler alert. But they weren't um, – I don't think it, the helmets weren't there. So you could just see the white. And they were probably trying to disguise them not very well. I mean, they're quite bulky. I think there was cloths over them, black cloths. Over, but you could see they were a big row of – and then, you know, the, the, the black rubber in between. It was very obvious what they were. But I don't remember thinking they look – different or they look new they just looked like stormtroopers to me um so that so i wasn't aware of you know quite what what i just knew they were stormtrooper outfits and that that meant this was star wars and then literally i went in to have my fitting and it was for an officer a first order officer and um i had you know the trousers and i I just remember thinking these this looks like a nazi uniform and uh, and i had a hat um which i don't have on in the movie um but yeah i and i was like wow this is cool um 
and I just remember smiling all the way through and talking to some of the costume people that are now very good friends of mine. Um, and then that was that. And I, I, I left and then I was booked to do however many days. I think it was about two or three days. And I did, I, I did, I think I did about three different scenes over those days. Um, one of which ended up in the movie where I'm a com- communications officer and I have the little headset on with General Hux walking over the bridge. Um, and then there was a scene where they bring um, Finn and Poe into the to the ship and they're bloodied faces. I'm walking around in that and I, I think I tripped over a mouse droid in that scene. Um, <laughs> that's a reoccurring theme for me. I'm very clumsy. And you, anyone, you're but, trying to take out the uh, infamy of the headbutting stormtrooper. Well, listen, I actually headbutted... <laughs> Not on camera, but I headbutted a, a wooden truss trying to get to my post as a communications officer and had a medic hack to be called. Listen, there's a book somewhere with all the medical incidences in these movies, and my name appears in those books more than anyone else, I can assure you. <laughs> I am so clumsy, and I the medics would literally come and be like, oh, it's you again. Like I had a season pass with those guys, but yeah. You, no, I, you, you hear on set that Harrison Ford's leg got trapped under a door and you're like, oh, well, here we go. Let's let's get a uh, – I need to jump off a ramp right now to keep up with this. <laughs> Listen, I um, I wasn't there that day. I was supposed to go – I was supposed to be in and they cancelled for obvious reasons. But, um, yeah, it, it's quite – you know, it's a risky place to be. There's a lot of stuff going on and a lot of buttons and a lot of effects and I mean I've got better over the years and but it's still quite a hazardous place to be and when you're like someone like me who's quite clumsy it can be quite dangerous but Um, the problem is it's so visually rich it is you don't have time to be looking down for mouse droids when there's you can't process everything and then you add a stormtrooper helmet into the mix and and no vision (laughs) and it just becomes inextricably worse um but yeah so i i was an officer a clumsy officer nonetheless but i was an officer for a few days and then that was it and i got a phone call not a phone call i got a text to say that i was being released and i was like pragmatic i was upset but i remember thinking dude you've been in star wars for three days how many people can say that um it just said you have been released so that was that and i thought that was the end of it until dun 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 fast forward a few months it's funny because i actually found you know these facebook memories it came up with the memory of the day that this happened and it's it was very exciting and basically i was on a train to Southampton to do a fashion show for the university fashion graduates. And it was very early in the morning, about 7am, and my phone rang. And it was the head of the agency, and she kind of doesn't ring you. It would be someone else. And she was like, hi, Sam, you know you um, did a few days on Avco? And I was like, yes. Did she wink when she said that? Well, she was on the phone. (laughs) But do you reckon she winked? Probably. Avco. Um, wink noise, wink noise. Wink, nudge, nudge. And then um, I I was half asleep on this train. It was very early and I, I literally, I don't know, part of me thought it was a prank call. 
And she said, and I, I then I thought I was in trouble for something, um, or that you know it was about my wages or something. And then she said that they'd started, they were going to start shooting stormtrooper stuff, and they'd done a rehearsal or something. And JJ had noticed that there were no females, and said, "Can you get me some female troopers, please?" Um, and he asked the crowd ad holly and she she spoke to my agent because she remembered me from being an officer and my height and the fact that i looked athletic her words not mine <laughs> and um she basically asked me and th- and she did say they would you would you like to be the first female stormtrooper in star wars um and before i could open my mouth um she said to me, I have to warn you, it's really tough. It's very hot and it's very uncomfortable. And I remember the last day that I'd done on set, it was May and it was unseasonably hot. And the stormtroopers were really suffering. And literally, I think one of them got taken away by a paramedic. It was hot and I, could, I knew. So I knew when she said that to me, I knew she wasn't bluffy. I knew that this was hard. But of course, I said yes. And that was the Saturday and she said, you start Monday. And literally, I had two days, well, a day and a half to process what was going to happen. And it was night shoots in Jakku, the opening of the movie, The Force Awakens. And I turned up, having never, ever put this thing on. Bearing in mind, the boys had had six weeks of boot camp, learning to march, moving around in the costume, how to hold their guns. And I literally turned up 5 p.m., put it on, and then got raced to set and had to run out of the back of a ship, down a slope, with a helmet on, shooting a gun whilst there are explosions going off. And it was probably one of the most surreal, terrifying moments of my life. It feels like your real-life experience was Finn in the movie in that scene. Do you know what? It, it a lot of John's facial expressions in that scene were what was going on underneath my helmet. <laughs> and I've said before, and I have no shame in admitting that I was crying real tears because I felt like they had made a terrible, terrible mistake. There was there was a gap between the the um the the slope and the ship the back of the ship and someone got their foot caught in there and I was it wasn't me for once and I was just petrified and also I just couldn't stop falling over and the thing is when you fall over in a stormtrooper outfit you can't get up you're like a weeble no you're not like a weeble actually you're the opposite of a weeble because you can't get up Turtle. and we always yeah and literally you're there lying on your front your stomach waving your legs and arms because you can't get up and I would just run. Three times I ran out the back of that ship and flat on my face. The mental, image, the mental image of you on your back stuck is no, very it, amusing. It was horrific. Honestly, still, it was awful. And I was like, take, me, take this off and let me go home. Get someone else because I'm not built for this. I'm, there's no way I can do this. I cannot see. There's a mound of sand. There was like sand dunes. So I was like, had to run 
down a slope. Firstly, running in that thing is is ridiculous. It's dark. It's nighttime. It's dark. The, the visor is dark. I have zero visibility. I'm running down a slope. So when you go down a slope, you become faster. So then I can't stop myself when I get to the bottom. So then I go straight into this sand dune and I just <gasps> smack on my face. It was horrible. And I will never forget this. We were in twos. Like the, you see the scene where there's, we're all in rows uh, before we run out. And we so we each had a partner standing next to us. And my partner was a policeman. I, I cannot for the life of me remember his name. And I wish I could because I owe him so much. And he just took me to the side and said, look, calm down. <laughs> Stop crying. Calm down. Um, I used to be in the, the army. And he's like, you know, this is what we're going to do. You don't need to run fast. You just need to make it look like you're running fast. And then I'm going to go first and I'm going to go one, two, three. And then I'm going to cover you. And then you're going to go one, two, three. And I'm going to cover you. And he just gave me this pep talk. And literally the the, the take after that one, I didn't fall over. (laughs) And then I'm not joking. I was like, Bruce Willis and Die Hard, yippee Kaye. I was loving it. I was <laughs> running full pelt, shooting, and I was I was shouting and swearing under my helmet at these poor villagers um, because I was loving it. And then by the time we 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 got to the end of that scene and finished takes, I by the time they yelled cut, I was in the enclosure with the villagers because I was so gung ho to get to them and kill them. Um, <laughs> I, jumping over these bombs and I was circling around people and I was like, yeah, come on you. And Oh my God. It was just the most thrilling. And if you look at the photos or even the documentary, there's a definite change in my facial expressions and my voice from being like, Oh, I'm excited. Uh, but not really. I'm really, really scared to, this is amazing and I think I even say in the documentary I say this is this is amazing it's like being a kid again playing cops and robbers or something like that I say um but yeah it was, and there's a there's a picture of me um on set in front of a green outside and I've just got the biggest grin on my face <laughs> because I was just elated because it was so much fun so when you're in a scene like that and yeah. You know, obviously, you're not perusing the script. But are you like, just, what? what is happening here? Is this at the start, the middle of the film? Is this the, the thrilling conclusion? Do you know what? I never think about those things. And I, I number one, I, there's, there's a few reasons why. Number one is because I want to, I want to know at least as amount as possible because I want to be surprised when I go to the cinema just as much as as you guys there are people that will listen intently to everything being said which is quite hard because the mics are super you know powerful they don't talk very loudly in scenes so you can very barely hear what's being said but also I just I don't want to hear what they're saying because I want to know when I when I go to see it that it's you know I'm surprised but also um yeah it's hard to hear what they're saying and they don't film in sync. So, yeah, you don't know if it's the beginning, the middle of the end. But I don't think about that stuff. And when you're a stormtrooper, 
they, there's so many other things you need to be concentrating on, <laughs> like staying upright and not falling over and trying to breathe and try not to pee yourself. <laughs> there's so many other things that you kind of just get on with it. And it's, it's hard. It is hard. People, as much as we talk about it, it is hard. It's tough. And so... Well, I don't think anyone thinks about that part of being a stormtrooper because it's no, like that, 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 so that, that cool, suit yeah. is kind of like a wetsuit. But for those sort of things, you can't treat it how surfers treat their wetsuits. No, no. And that, that's it's... frowned upon, I've heard. <laughs> exactly. But there's so much to be thinking about. And I just like, I live very much in the moment. And so I'm trying to give the best performance I can give in that moment. And if that's basically, if you want me to be on patrol, I want to be the toughest, straightest standing up the best guard trooper that you can have. If it's playing dead, I want to look, I want to be the best dead stormtrooper. You. So I'm just trying to be the best I can be at whatever it is you're asking me to do in that, in that given point. So I'm not really concentrating on the movie. I'm just trying to, to, to do my best and yeah. make sure that that scene, my contribution to that scene is the best. Nobody wants to be that guy that's like JJ's like what on earth is that stormtrooper at the back doing can we get swap them out they're ruining my scene why are they standing like that that's not how you hold a gun blah 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 um so yeah I you just I just kind of concentrate on being the best stormtrooper and doing what I'm told and you know I guess I kind of did that otherwise they maybe not wouldn't have used me five times but hey they know uh, that when you put Sam (laughs) As a communications officer, she's going to get you a signal. She's going to get one. Exactly. I mean, I wish I could do that in real life. I have trouble with Skype and Zoom and stuff. But yeah, in the in the in the in that galaxy, I'm your I'm your girl. <laughs> do you remember the first time you had to dance around the fact that you're in a Star Wars film? Um. Like what? Wh- like while it was filming, and someone's like, "Oh, what'd you do at work today?" Or do you know what I mean? That you had to sort of in your head go, "I need to change. I need to edit the facts of what is going on in my life to not reveal I'm in a Star Wars film." Oh yeah, but I've, I think it was probably in a pub very early on. Um, it's it's so hard, but you just. I feel like it's for the good of the film and anyone that doesn't take the NDAs and stuff seriously is, you know, you you don't really deserve to be there. But I do remember that. And it it very, uh, very early on becomes just the way, your way of life almost. You just become good at nodding or shaking your head or just, you know, um, and then with what's happened with me is I've got to a point where it's, it would be impossible, physically impossible for me to deny my relationship, my, my involvement with Star Wars, because I have my name in um, a book that is a official, officially licensed book on Stormtroopers. My name is there in black and white. I think there is only a, two or three Samantha Aleens in the world and, 
they don't look like me. So, and also, you know, the, 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 the Blu-ray DVD, that was hard. In answer to your question, that was really hard because I was being really good with my NDA and denying any knowledge. Star Wars what? Star Wars who? And then because the Blu-ray came out. Star Wars who? <laughs> That's convincing. <exactly. laughs> huh? Star what? Um, and then what happened was the Blu-ray DVD documentary came out in the States before it came out here and somebody sent me somebody tweeted a picture of me a screenshot and said is this you and there was a moment a split second where I was going to say no it's not (laughs) hang on a minute that's just ridiculous and I know I'm very respectful um of Lucasfilm and Disney but listen if your name's in books and your face is, and also I've had, um, I've been in, I've got two pictures in the Rob Bredo solo book with my helmet off. You know, there's be, you can't as much as I would love to, um, you know, the evidence is too great. Well, you can't deny your name in a book and your photos in books. And then, you know, it, so yeah, it was out. The cat was out of the bag, and I hope that anyone listening to this um, would agree that I have been very respectful. I mean, it's taken me this long to do this podcast with you, and even so, there's even now there's stuff that I just wouldn't talk about because it's. Can it's we not... list them right now? Let's list the topics <laughs> that we won't be talking about. Um, do you know what? I don't really know. I just. <laughs> I just don't I just, try I, to answer that. No, honestly, honestly, I just, I just, I try to not reveal specific, too much specific information. I try to, it's just being respectful, and also it's about not ruining the illusion for the fans because I think there's a, such a thing as knowing too much, and it's like I remember when the when the Force Awakens came out and there were people doing podcasts, and I was thinking to myself, dude. You were on set for five seconds, and like, and they were telling. And I, I just think you have to be very careful with this stuff. And I, I still now feel very cautious. Um, but also, I, I'm proud of what I've done and the amount that I've done, and it is a, quite a big um, contribution. And so I do want to talk about it. And I, and I just, you know, like again respectful and yeah I think I've done that and I just want to I think there's a lot to lot to be said for for my my um involvement and the fact that I'm a woman and the fact that I've you know I think I've inspired some people from what the feedback that I get and I think that's really important and that should be talked about and so that's why I do it it's not for any other reason really have you met some younger Stormtrooper fans? Oh my goodness, yes, I have. Um, I just, it's just the most beautiful thing. I feel so lucky that I literally pinch myself it, to be able to, to, it's quite a big responsibility, but also it's just the most beautiful thing to be told that, you know, you're inspiring somebody and you're making them think they can achieve anything 
because that's what I always say you know I didn't think that I would be doing this and I've done it and I've had like I met little girls two little girls in um or in Chicago and um they their dads posted a post afterwards saying that how how like inspired they were by me and the fact that they said that they they could be president of the United States if they wanted to because I was you know I instilled in them that being a woman or person of color for instance or anything any anything that makes us different is not doesn't mean that you can't do something and your imagination should never you should never you shouldn't ever curtail your dreams you shouldn't say okay well I can be that and that's it I can't go any higher or further than that I always think dream big like what's the worst that can happen if you want to be I don't know president do be president if you think you can go and try I don't think there should ever be any I mean obviously I'm a I, there should be an element of realism um but I'm I'm a big strong believer in in dreaming big and trying to achieve your goals and not giving up and I know it sounds a cliche but hope you know having hope and hope is such a strong theme within Star Wars but just never giving up and just always thinking well I can do this I can do this having that hope and that faith and that belief in yourself and when I get told by I told a story about this was very early on actually after uh Force Awakens um, that, and I, I've said this story many times, but it's just such a powerful story that a young girl, had, she came with her dad to meet me um, in Bournemouth. And he told me a story that she was playing Star Wars with her brother and her brother's friends. And they'd watched the film on DVD and then they watched the documentary with me that I appear in, the, in during that documentary. And then when they were playing Star Wars, they would sort of divvy up characters and she said, I'm going to be a stormtrooper. And and one of her brother's friends says, you can't be a stormtrooper. You're, you're a girl. And she said, yes, I can because Samantha Eileen's a stormtrooper and she's a girl. (laughs) And I'm not joking. Like I, I cried. And even now just saying that story, I get a lump in my throat. Like for, to be held up as this sort of beacon of like, yes, I can, because she did it. Like, that's so powerful, so so powerful. And I've heard similar stories. Um, and also, like I'm type one diabetic. I've been diabetic for sort of thirty years now. And um, last year, I received an email from um, a dad who's had brought his sons to meet me at a convention called Generation Star Wars in Kusei a few years back. And I remembered them anyway because I've got a very strange, freaky memory. But he'd sent a photo as well to remind me of who they were. And his son was six and he told me that he'd just been diagnosed with diabetes, type 1, and how scared he was. Actually, funny thing, he didn't even know I was diabetic. He just wanted me to maybe send him a message because he was ill. Um, And then... Basically, I did him a video message. It was his birthday, and I did him a video message. And what's happened is now I have this beautiful relationship with this family, 
and we message all the time and I've given them practical advice and you know just I've watched him in lockdown I've watched he he's been in hospital he wasn't very well um and going back to school and all of these milestones and I love that I can do that and it's very you know what other job can you have that and and they they're always like you know oh thank you for taking out the time and I'm like no that's if you can't it's I feel like if you've if you've got this position you should you should be able to use it for good and I honestly it just brings me so much joy to be able to do that um it's just a beautiful beautiful thing and we do get caught up in all of the negative sides of Star Wars but we must remember there are these beautiful beautiful sides we did a telethon the Rebelthon during lockdown with the um, Rebel Legion and we raised $11,000 for UNICEF for children affected by COVID I mean that that was just from one event $11,000 and you know it's just beautiful that we can that that side of it exists and I just feel really honoured that I can do that and have these relationships and be inspiring it it sounds it sounds cliched but it is just beautiful and i if i can do that for people then i will continue to do that for as long as i can that story about the little boy Mm. sam yes you obviously got this amazing opportunity to be in these star wars films Mm -hmm. and you know, you, you know, you worked hard, but you know, to have that job is a dream. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's 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 sort of overwhelming that you know when people use that opportunity so well to like help people and and sort of reach out and and sort of like share. Like you know, that boy was obviously thrilled to meet you because you were in the film. And then you sort of shared that excitement with him to, you know, help him get through a hard time. Like that's, you're, uh, you're one of the good ones, Sammy. Oh, still, thank you so much for saying that. Honestly, I just, I mean, anyone that knows me personally, I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting here saying I'm just, I'm Mother Teresa, but I try and live my life in a, a kind of way as possible. And I just feel like, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in treating others as you wish to be treated. And my mum was a single parent and she raised me really well. And I'm really proud of how, you know, she, my mum is the kindest person and she's always putting others before herself. And I just feel like there's so much negativity in the world and crazy, crazy stuff going on as we speak that if you can be kind, if the, you know if you can be anything be kind be positive just always try and help just always try and help um and just yeah that's just how I am um and I don't wish to sound self-righteous or anything like that but I just try and be positive and spread positivity and if I can help you know sometimes I'm not well because of my diabetes and it, sometimes it is hard for me to to get up and put makeup on and send a video message because I don't feel great that day. But but then if I can do it, because of the difference that I know it will make to someone's life, then I'm going to do it. And 
what is it? It's not too much to ask for for five minutes from your day, if you can, to make such a huge difference to someone else's. That's just my opinion, you know. And I and I'm very I'm very, I find it very strange when people are very you know just not very nice to people. Like I was thinking about this the other day actually about you know celebrities or actors or whatever that are just not very nice to fans or. And I just find it very bizarre because it's like, you know, you're kind of putting yourself out there and there's this unwritten contract that, you know, okay, you don't own me, but I feel like you should just, without those people, you wouldn't be where you are. And just having a little bit of gratitude is the word. Gratitude. Yes. I don't know. And How did someone like you end up as a stormtrooper? That's what I want to know. Where did it all go wrong? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I mean, it's nice. I get to be horrible. So you were saying that, you know, even in the scenes you were in, you didn't really try to work out what was going on. So when you saw The Force Awakens for the first time, were you surprised that Kylo Ren didn't, like, hug his old friend, Law Santeca, or...? <laughs> Dude, I think I've told you this before um, when we've been out or something, but I did not know that Han Solo died in The Force Awakens until I watched the film. I was at a, a special preview viewing with the people from my agency and you could audibly hear me go, oh my God! <laughs> Everyone looked at me and said, where have you been for the last two years? What were you doing on set? Why? How did you not know that that was going to happen? <laughs> That's how little attention I pay to to these movies whilst I'm working on them. I literally didn't know that, that was going to happen. <laughs> and I'm glad that that happened because my shock was just as, the same as everyone else's. But I do find that very funny that I'm the only person who can work on a movie and not even work out that huge things like that happen without even realising. <laughs> Sometimes, though, it is uh, unavoidable. And we had that on Skywalker. There was a few scenes where you they were doing dialogue and then a name got mentioned. <laughs> Literally... The whole entire, it was quite a big scene. There were quite a lot of um, background players. And we all, it was the first time we'd heard this person's name. And we literally all had to act not surprised. But we were all like, oh my God, did you just hear what, what they just said? And it was hilarious. And as soon as they yelled cut, we were like, oh my God, did you hear that? Palpatine. But we had no clue. And we were just like, and they were, I think it was um, Poe who just said, blah, 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 Emperor Palpatine. And literally, I remember looking across at my friend who was like stood up higher on the set and trying to not like my face and my, my mind, I'm like, trying not to match my reaction. And then, like, the person next to me, it literally was a lot of, oh my God, looking around at each other, which was genuine because we were all really shocked. And in situations like that, you can't you can't avoid like hearing, <laughs> and then it's like, thanks. Spoiler alert! 
don't think if you're in the crew, you get to complain about that. I know, but I was just like, <laughs> wow. But saying that, that was the only time. No, you should have. You should have gone on Twitter that night and gone, "Oh, great! Someone at my work just spoiled the new Star Wars film. Thanks." <laughs> That was, do you know what? That's the only time that happened. Um, I, I managed to, like I said, they talk very quietly. It's very hard to hear what they're saying. And also it's so out of context. And you're hearing a lot of jargon. You're hearing lots of planet names and lots of new character droids and things. So you have no, you just have no clue what's going on most of the time. Well, I don't. Maybe that's just because I'm stupid. I don't know. <laughs> I think you just live in it. Yeah. There's nothing stupid about that. <laughs> so it would have been a bit of a, a relief for you at Celebration in Chicago when it was revealed he was in the movie. It was so funny. Um, I was sat next to Matt Booker from um, Fan for Tracks. Hi, Matt. And um, it was the laugh, you know, the end, the, the, la- the laugh bit. And then he came on, didn't he, to yeah. introduce him. And literally, Matt looked. The first thing Matt did was look at me and go, "Did you know about this? Did you know about this?" <laughs> and I just looked at him, ever the professional, and went, oh, 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 sort of shrugged my shoulders and did that Homer's look for Simpson. Oh. I don't know what you're talking about because I'm still scared. I'm like, no, I don't want to reveal too much. <laughs> and he literally was like, "Did you know about this? Did you know about this?" It was so funny. But, yeah, it is a relief. It's a massive relief. But, again, I don't know. Is it? Because, I don't know. To be honest with you, I was in some weird state of mind at that precise moment with everything that had gone on in the last preceding sort of hour and then the trailer and then everything else. I was just in a very strange, very, very weird headspace. Yeah, it was crazy. But beautiful, but crazy. Well, well do you mean because of going on stage? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that in, in a little bit. I'm wondering if you, how it timed out when you were filming that like a trailer came out for the film you were working on and, you know, there was a, like a, was it was a, did that happen and was it sort of like a talked about thing on set of what was in there and, and all that sort of fun stuff? Um, oh, do you know what? It's so hard to remember the sort of timings of things. I don't, I think I probably did go back to work after that. I can't remember. I, th- I think possibly. The one thing that we always, obviously, is we try to spot ourselves. That's just inherent. Everyone does that. You're like, oh, my God, did you see? Am I in this? Am I in this? And I was, because obviously I know um, when you're a stormtrooper, it's very hard when there's big scenes. But if it's something specific, you can pinpoint yourself. It's nice to say, oh, my God, that's me. You know, I'm always very mindful. um, Well, we all are that we don't. If we're not sure, then no one will claim it. It's like that could be any of us. But. Um, if you're if you know specifically it's really nice to be like oh my god that's me in the trailer um so you're always looking out for yourself but also yeah it's just that whole thing we do we do talk about and we have like whatsapp groups and stuff because we're all friends in real life 
I've, I've said before, like JJ um, coined the phrase buddies for stormtroopers in Force Awakens. And it just couldn't be more apt because we are, we're buddies and it's really cheesy, but we love each other and we're really good friends. And we've been to each other's weddings and we go to each other's birthdays and stuff. So we have WhatsApp groups and stuff. And so whenever anything's released, we always, someone will be the first one to post it. And then we're all like, oh my God. <laughs> and, if, and if like you specifically see somebody, because um, we never know what's going to happen, you see. Nobody knows when they're going to release something, unless it's like, oh, we're going to give you a trailer at this point. We never know when they're going to release uh, photos, behind-the-scenes photos or books, things like that. So we, we are constantly being surprised. And it's so nice when you just going about your everyday life and then all of a sudden someone will post something, Lucas, be it Lucasfilm or Tops or, you know, like Vanity Fair doing their shoots, and it's, and it's you. And, like, then you'll get a message from, like, I don't know, someone on Twitter or, or 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 one of our WhatsApp groups from our uh, the other troopers and they're like oh my god have you seen this and it it's really nice it's like the gift that keeps on giving because this happens before the film comes out you get stuff you know little they give throw out these like behind the scenes sort of tidbits and then in the run up to the film you get the trailers and then you can be like oh my god that's me in that trailer and then even like after the film, long after, I've had stuff come out from movies that have been out for years, and like you just think it's buried in the in the ether. But it, it and it's just literally like the gift that keeps on giving, and it's so nice um, because what a lot of what we do is so private and so secret, and it's so nice to to be to have stuff to say, look, I, 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 this is not a figment of my imagination. I haven't been imagining this. I haven't been lying. I really was in these films. <laughs> and look, there's me with my helmet off to prove it. It's really nice. It's a, it's a nice little boost. Um, it's something to show the grandchildren. And it's lovely. And, yeah, we, we get really excited. And we do talk about it on set. Um, and, you know, it's just always – it's always nice to see – where it's going because we're just there every day and we're working hard but we don't know how any of this stuff's going to fit together like I said we don't I don't listen and I don't know what's going on and obviously it's all very carefully worked out and so to see it all come together it's so beautiful because you're you're on one side of it with what seems a jumbled up series of scenes that make no sense and then to see it go and be edited and I mean I rem- I remember watching a really rough trailer that they did um for the rap party of Solo. Ooh. Just not even a trailer, just a little and it had like green screen and stuff still in it. But it just to see what would but they rustled it up really quickly. And just to see go from these raw bits of of film to this, you know, it's just so amazing. And obviously ILM and all the amazing effects and stuff it's just amazing to be part of that raw unedited process and then see what they come up with it's just incredible and you don't get to see that often so well you must have seen some behind the scenes footage of the mandalorian with that the volume that would be uh an incredible experience to have all that stuff there already yeah it's insane. Um, 
I love it. I find it fascinating. I love the fact that there's so many different people and different departments and every single person and every single, like, is so good at what they do. They're literally the top of their field. And there's literally, down to every last screw on the set, is has been made to look that way. And someone has sat there and crafted that. And then you've got all these people. And yet yeah, to have, I mean, I, I don't know about all that stuff, but I think I think there was a, I was talking to one of my friends about it, and I think they used similar technology in Rogue One. So it was just there anyway. So um, I think it was one of the, the screens the out of the ship. It was it's the same technology they used in the Mandalorian. Yeah, I think they initially used it on a few movies for cockpit scenes. Yes, that's it. In Rogue One, I think they used it. So yeah, I mean, um, it's it's strange because I always think like it's it's crazy to be on set on Star Wars set. It's crazy and it's amazing, but it's still quite. It's never really what it's going to be. And that's still, still to say it's amazing. And it, it looks, you feel, you do feel like, like when I was on the Rebel base, oh my God. Like, it was so hot. It was like, because had, we had all these like exotic plants. And that ship in the middle was absolutely huge. And so that place felt so real. And because it was so, they had to have it so hot and humid to keep these plants alive. You literally felt like you were in a rainforest. And so when you're in there, you don't feel like you're on a film set. You feel like this is life and this is real and this is where you are. You feel that honestly. But then there's other times when you're in a tiny little place. Like when I, when I was, um, a lot of people don't know that in um, Rogue One, I was hammerhead corvette pilot that crashed into the side of the the star strip and i that's oh, my I'm, hand i'm sorry to hear about it buddy <laughs> and uh that was my hand that does the throttle really was, yes that... that's my hand if you watch that scene that's my hand and i'm on the left hand side and i'm flying that hammerhead corvette pilot and but you, you we... instigate one of the most beautiful Pivotal scenes of star exactly. wars exactly and there's a lot of talk about whether or not I survived. Apparently I did, and then I died anyway. <laughs> Good to know. That, that scene, things like that, where it's such – we're relying a lot on, on special effects because literally it was just a console, and it was in the reshoot. So it was quite late on we did that scene. And I, Tony Gilroy directed me, and he was amazing, and I look forward to working with him again, hopefully in the future. And then, but that was such a small little intimate scene that I did with just me and the other pilot and an actor. Sorry. You're right, buddy. <clears throat> yeah, I'm just dying. Sorry. <clears throat> um. So yeah, Tony Gilroy directed me that scene, and um. He was literally like, "Oh, let's just have a little play around and see what happens." And then he he did that scene with my hands, and he was like, "They're not they're not going to keep this in." And he kept saying that, and it's almost like he willed it to happen because he kept saying, "They're never going to use this. They're never going to use this." But let's just have a little play. And then I remember being in the audience in the cinema and going, "This is in the whole auditorium, going, shut up." Um, 
<laughs> Why do you yeah. ruin every Star Wars premiere? Oh my god, I do. I literally do. <laughs> my advice to anyone is: if you see me going to going to watch Star Wars, do not sit anywhere near me, because invariably I will talk all the way through it, and I will make lots of noises. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> That scene was very different, obviously, to how it ended up because, you know, this, we had uh, the, the screen in the cockpit and stuff. And it's only when you watch it afterwards and you're like, so there are times where you. I, I have to you say. Have to I, use your imagination a lot. And then there are other times where like Rebel Base where it's like, no, you're, you're in there. You're in that world. I'm in shock. That it's. I, I cannot wait to watch that film again and go, Sam's fault. <laughs> she did that. That was such a badass move. Listen, I watch that clip on YouTube quite often because obviously it's in the movie, but then I'd have to fast forward it to that. It's such a cool – and I've, I've, I've read and listened to people say that that's their favourite part of the movie. And I'm like, yeah, buddy, that's me. I just love it. And it literally changes the course of the whole film. Oh, it's it, that is a very good 15 seconds of Star Wars. Like the, the way it's so elegant. Like mm. it's sort of like you're watching this giant noisy thing, but the, it's silent. Like it's, and it's got that really nice music and, mm-hmm. oh, it's sort of beautifully tragic the way they collide into each other and go mm-hmm. through that, that ring. Oh, Sam, I'm... I'm so proud of you. You like saved the rebellion. Thanks, dude. Yeah, a lot of people said it was like a kamikaze thing, but I I don't know because according to to canon, we survived, but then went on to die. So I don't know. <laughs> but y- you, I have so many other stories like that, by the way, because people. Like I said, I've been 15 different characters and I have done some really cool scenes in this franchise and been like, that's me that does that. And people are like, no way, that's you. I'm like, yep. Hey, we're recording. (laughs) So who did you play in The Force Awakens? There was the communications officer. And the first order stormtrooper. Okay, so you got two. Mm. Not bad. Let's hit Rogue One. I, 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 you're like a rebel trooper or something, were you as well? Yeah. No, so Rogue One. I was. I didn't do the original shoot for Rogue One. I was in the reshoots, and that was only by a fluke because I had been promised a day on the Last Jedi. And then it fell through. So my, the AG said, I can put you on Rogue One instead. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've only been trying to get on this movie for two years. Um, so in the beginning of the film, Cassian walking down an alleyway, Stormtrooper bumps into him. That's me. Then immediately afterwards, there's another. You're, you're, you're sharing a scene with details. You're in the same little, on the same planet. Yes, Jeddah. And then there's a bit straight after that where a 
row of four or five stormtroopers run through the alleyway. I'm at the front. That's a hilarious story because none of the extras, they were very obstinate that day and they wouldn't move. And I said to the sound man, is this, is the, is this, are we using sound in this? And he said, no. I said, great, thanks. And then they said action. And I used some language that shouldn't be used and <laughs> they moved. And then literally the, the director came out and it was a second unit. So the director came out and was like, who's that at the front? And I took my helmet off and he was like, you're a badass. <laughs> and I was just like, thanks. Because they weren't moving. They were just like, oh, we're not moving out of the way. They're only stormtroopers and they're trying to prove a point. And I just went, get out of the way. And then they moved. That was fun. Um, I was also... Didn't you know about Jakku? <laughs> yeah. Do you, have you not heard about me? Well, actually, technically, I was an Imperial officer that... Uh, Stormtrooper then, and that was a first order. But hanging, they may have been related. Who knows? True that. Um, True that. But then, yes, I was Saw Guerrero's right hand woman. What? Ah, yes. And so I had a lot of scenes with um, Forrest Whitaker, which didn't. So basically, when they take Bodie into the the lair and take the sack off his head. I'm standing behind him with a massive gun and I'm basically Saw's assistant. And if you see the behind the scenes, there's a, it's, I think it's my Twitter header, actually. You can see me in the movie standing with two tubes um, and some of the heavy mob. But in the movie, you only see my shadow. Um. And I filmed a lot of that, you know, when they when they they they're basically running out of the mountain type thing. Um, I filmed loads of that, but that got all got cut. But um, yeah, and then uh, the Hammerhead Corvette pilot. So that's uh, I've just free. found your picture on your Twitter header. Yes. Yeah, look like you enjoy your work. You look like a very angry uh, freedom fighter. Listen, I'm a trained actress, man. I give. You get what you pay for. I was mean. I'm very good at being mean, which is nothing like me in real life. But, um, yeah, so where are we now? Three, I think. Is that Imperial Trooper, Hammerhead Corvette Pilot, and Saw's Partisan, which was the official name of that character. I think that was it. Okay, so, so you're up to five. And then, you know what? I've just remembered. I did a I did a Gillette commercial that was a Rogue One Gillette commercial, which was a I was a Rebel trooper in that. Maybe that's where that's come from. So that I don't count that in the official number. And then Last Jedi was not very trooper based. Um, there's only really that one big scene of troopers. I was in that, so that's six. Uh, and then. Solo, I was, um, I was a Imperial trooper, a Minban stormtrooper, oh, probably my, my favourite costume ever. Uh, and then I was. So at the end of the film, the Sabat game, where 
he wins back the Millennium Falcon. I'm standing directly behind Donald Glover in the bar. And I have this amazing Mexican bandito looking costume. But that film is so dark and so dimly lit that you can't see me. My friend uh, played around with it a bit and and made it lighter and you can see me. And that's the same character that I am in the Denny's commercial behind the young uh, Lando Calrissian. And then I turn turn into the wait- Denny's waitress. What? So that, yes. You're in a Denny's commercial where you're at the Sabbat game. In, and then I'm you... at the Sabbat game with young, so it's young Han and young Lando playing a game of Sabbat. And then I'm standing behind young Lando, like on his side, looking mean as hell in this like saloon, Western kind of saloon with Chewy. And um, it's very cool. And then it goes back to real life. And I'm actually the waitress. And they're in Denny's and they're trading cards. Who's there playing trading cards? The the two young children that were playing oh. young, 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 young Lando. Oh. And they were crazy, by the way. I thought when you said young Lando, I thought you meant Donald Glover. No. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to find this commercial. Children. No, these are children, but they were really cool and they were such good actors. That is sick. Did you film that in London or in America? In London, and I've got my Denny's badge that says Sam on it. And did they rebuild the set, or did like? Yeah, they rebuilt. Literally, it was like the film was done, and then I got this call, and I was like, "Huh, what?" And literally, they re- rebuilt one of the bars. It wasn't the same bar that I'd been in. It was the other bar, you know, the one where they go and find. Um, Lando at the beginning and, yes. and uh, Ron Howard's brothers in there, that yeah. bar. Yeah. It's that bar, I think. And they recreated that and then attached to it was a Denny's and it was so weird. And I was filming <laughs> and I was filming and literally I just, I kept hearing my name being mentioned and I was getting a bit paranoid. I thought they were like, what is that girl doing? She's awful. And at the end of the day, they came back and said, um, the director wants to use you tomorrow as the waitress. And I was like, cool, let's do that. Burgers for all. Now I'm hungry. (laughs) So, yeah, there we go. So we're up to what now? Oh, my God, I'm losing count. I've totally lost count. But it's several. That was cool. So many good stories. And then I think the most was in The Rise Rise of Skywalker. Oh, run, run us through a couple of that. Well, I was First Order Trooper, uh, Sith Trooper. Ooh. Uh, What's it like to be in red? uh, We filmed in Cardington, which was the coldest I've ever been in my life. Um, Basically, Stormtrooper outfits aren't always hot. They just exacerbate whatever temperature you're in. So if you're cold, you're going to be really cold. And if you're hot, you're going to be really hot. So we were... We were really cold. My lips went blue. I had to be taken off set. Um, uh, but yeah, so sexy. I mean, just look at them. I wish. I wish we had. We could have had more of us in that. But I think we. He filmed like four hours worth of stuff. So it's hard, you know. But I loved it, and they look cool. Um, so yeah, first order, 
Sith, my girl Ali Samta, X-Wing pilot. You're an X-Wing pilot? Dude, where have you been? I'm, I'm in the book. I'm in canon. I have a name. No way. <laughs> What's your name? You s- Ali, A-L-L-I-E, and then Samta, S-A-M-T-A. I'm in the visual dictionary. God, Pablo really does like you. I know. And he wrote a nice little thing on there. Um, Sammy? I know, right? Look at you looking like Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and do you know what? That was like a couple of days before Christmas. And I literally was like, this is the best Christmas. I don't need anything else. Ali okay. Santa. Yep. I am thrilled. Thank you, darling. Look at you! (laughs) I am so jealous. I'm not going to lie. It literally, like, it's weird because obviously I'm a stormtrooper. But then, like, I, uh, to be on the dark side and and the light. But, yeah, that's, that is cool, right? And in the movie, I I got really good seed and JJ directed me and I actually auditioned for JJ and had a line in the movie with Finn, but it got cut, unfortunately, as that character. So, yeah, I have amazing memories of that movie. Can you give us a reading, Sam? (laughs) A reading of what? The line. (laughs) Oh, I don't want to. I feel like I might get into trouble for that. It was just, it wasn't, a, it wasn't anything interesting. It was just a, a remark walking by in a corridor. That's all it was. What's up? Yeah, basically. You guys been flying any X-Wings? Because I have, because I'm an X-Wing pilot in <laughs> Star Wars. I wonder why it was cut. I just think it was a story. Because we reshot those scenes so many times. So I think things just evolved. But yeah, and then I I was actually a TIE fighter pilot and I was told by costume that I was the first woman to ever be put in that costume. God, you are, you can't be trusted. I, like as Ali Samter, I, she was already a hero of the resistance to me instantly. And then I find out she's already flying TIE fighters as well. You're like a, 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 JJ, a brutal JJ, double agent. I, I, I I love to I drop like his name like yeah my, me and my friend JJ but honestly we would just have we had this running banter because JJ was like oh my god really you again and we'd be <laughs> like I've never known anyone have more roles in one movie I think I had seven in Rise of Skywalker and it was just running joke between me and JJ but also between me and John because in one scene I'd be on John's side and then he, and then in another scene I'd be like in a stormtrooper outfit and he's like come on man stop being a traitor <laughs> i remember jj and i had a conversation one day about the fact that it was quite meta and that i could in one universe be in an x-wing and then in the other be in a tie fighter and be fighting against myself and how it was almost like weird you know <laughs> parallel universe almost it's 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 it, this is what's happening in my brain jj mm the um, 
Oh, I just... Oh, I'm wondering, on set, Sam, did you ever see Adam Driver in action? Yes. Um, in the in the opening of the film, forgive me, I'm not very good with Star Wars names. Um, I forget the name of the planet where he finds the first thing he needs. Ah, oh, Mustafa. Yes. That scene, um, I think that's the most I've worked with Adam. We were, I I worked with him on. I was there around when he when we were on the Force Awakens, and we were, I was behind the set when he smashes up the console. <laughs> that was probably one of the most frightening experiences ever on set. He's so method, and he's terrifying. But that day, uh, and Mustafa, do you know when? Um, after the battle and he's walking around and there's literally like a couple of stormtroopers that aren't dead wandering around in the background. I'm one of those. Nice. And basically we were fighting with those. We called them the turtle heads, which means something else where I'm from. (laughs) They look like turtles. Um, And the guy is crazy talented. Like I know Eunice our amazing stunt lady coordinator she she um says this in the in the documentary that he he said i look i'm doing my own stunts and she was like oh no if you if it's going to look bad then i'm going to get one of my guys in and and then he ended up just doing it all himself he's so talented and during that um scene i was watching him because i wasn't on at all times I was sort of standing you have to stay by the set but not be on set sort of thing because they might put you in so you have to kind of try and push yourself into a tiny little corner which is hard in a stormtrooper outfit and I was just doing that and watching quietly watching and he's the guy's a beast he's huge he's really tall and he's And, and, and wide from what I've seen yes yes he's huge and he was fighting with these guys, these stunt guys. And it's, you know, a choreographed fight. And it was just so impressive. And I remember I remember there was one specific take. And at the end of it, they were watching it on playback. And I kind of just sneaked behind everyone in, in the Easy Up to look at the monitor. And I just heard this, oh, and like, oh, my God. And JJ was just like a child he was so excited and I couldn't see what it was but then and this is why I say he's a genius not just well JJ for this but also because of Adam he'd done this spectacular fight and it was just amazing and Adam is so precise but you know but also is badass and and then he just turns and there was the perfect red reflection of the lightsaber down his face in this shot Oof. and JJ was just beside himself and every, and then they they kept playing it back and everyone was just like, Oh my God. And it was like, this is why we do what we do for moments like that. And it was just like, I had goosebumps because seeing JJ, that's why when I talk about JJ's passion, hey, I know I, I'm I've got about. him now. <laughs> it was just the way he, he almost, I don't think he planned it, but it kind of just, 
it it happened and he turned and JJ was obviously filming his face at a specific angle and it, and it just, he just turns and then you just saw the the reflection on Adam's face just this red beam down his face and literally everyone just went oh just one of the most amazing moments of of the of just seeing that everyone's excitement like and and that's just one bit of the film um but also Adam being so good yeah he's very impressive I wouldn't want to mess with him I wouldn't want to bump into him in a dark alleyway no disrespect to Adam Driver but he's a scary dude to see an instant like an instantly classic Star Wars image yeah and to see it like happen in front of you and be like damn we just did that like it's crazy. It's a beautiful thing, the magic of cinema. And then I message you the next day going, what have you been up to? And you go, no, oh, not much. Exactly. It's like when I go home and it's like, I never forget the day when we were in um, Minban on Solo. That was the most fun I've ever had on Star Wars, was Minban, because I have a huge crush on Woody Harrelson and literally I got to sit in a, dirt crater with him for three weeks and um, <laughs> when I talk about <gasps> bombs and things going off um, that was the most intense like I say this and I know people aren't going to probably like, I feel like that is the closest thing to a real battlefield you can get it was just so it was it was you couldn't see there was dirt everywhere. Like I'd go home and find dirt in places that just I didn't even know existed. And it, it was loud and there were wires with squibs like going across the set. So you could literally just garrot yourself accidentally running into these wires. And so you were constantly aware of that. And then there's the Minbani shooting at us and, it was so cool and it was really muddy and dirty. And I just remember seeing Chewbacca covered in mud and it was just one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And it was the one moment I really wanted to just tell everyone about and I didn't. And I was just like, what did you do today? I don't know. I just watched Chewbacca covered in mud, running for his life, covered in mud with chains, you know, um, hanging from his arms because he's just escaped with Han Solo. And it's the first time they've ever met, you know. Oh, oh, oh that's good. I, I, I finished the uh, advertising report. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Pinch yourself. Insane. That scene is such like a great little window into the misery of space war. <laughs> it looks super unfun. It was. There's a scene, actually, where they go through the alleyways and they're following them. I think it's Tandy Newton's character and Han and Woody walking through the alleyways before they get to the battlefield. And that was a continuous shot. And everyone had to be in a specific spot obviously because it was a it was a steady camp so you can't be there and then not there um but the problem with that was it was such a tricky shot to get that for about eight hours nobody could move nobody could go to the toilet nobody could have lunch nobody could 
it was so hard because you had to be in the same exact spot because you'd mess up the shot. And it's times like that where you're like, I had my feet were because I was on a bit of a incline and I damaged all my toes because my feet were like at an angle because I was standing in the same position in that outfit for all those hours. Times like that, you're like, oh my God. But that was because we had to get the shot and you, you know, you understand that. And so we just got on with it. And then we all went for a mass toilet break afterwards. <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms of, it was literally like a war zone and people would walk on to set like, like ADs and stuff who hadn't maybe been into that set yet. And they'd walk in and go, Oh my God, this is like a war zone. And it was, it was dark. It was, you know, there was a particular smell. It was perilous. One of my friends tripped over a wheelbarrow. That's <laughs> a space wheelbarrow. Sound. Yeah. A space wheelbarrow. A sparrow. Um, and uh, they, they blow up bags of peat to make it look like, you know, bombs. But it's actually just bags of dirt, but it's not called peat. And it'd just be like, that, that effing peat. We're sick of Pete. I hate him. Pete this, Pete that. That was Woody's joke. But, you know, we had fun. We got on with it. But it was like a real, it was like a real war zone. And I don't want to, obviously war's not funny, but I imagine it was pretty lifelike. But, yeah, it was so much fun. I remember when I was at war with Woody Harrelson and, yeah, it sounds pretty similar. <laughs> Hey guys, I hope you're having a ball listening to our chat with Sammy Aline. If you are enjoying it, please, the kindest and easiest thing you can do is pod it forward. If you're on social media, give us a retweet or share. The latest episode announcement is normally pinned to the top of our Twitter and Facebook feeds. And for independent podcasts like Steel Wars, listener word of mouth is how we live and thrive. Recommendations from listeners just like you. And if you haven't already, please log on to iTunes and give us a sweet five-star review. Your support and word of mouth is so appreciated and so essential to the continued production of the Steel Wars podcast. So thank you so much and enjoy the rest of the show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, when you were filming that the scene with Adam Driver at the start of the film, there's in all the, you know, the art of book and that sort of stuff, there's the, the, the pictures of 
what I like to call spider thing on a baby head in the swamp. Did, did you get to bear witness to this amazing creature that we missed out on? I'm just going to get my book out. Is it in the art of? In the Phil Stazak one. Yeah, I have that. I think I, I feel like I know what you're talking about. I'm not sure how this books. Oh, here we go. I think I've got Yep, yeah, here we go. Which page? 238. Okay. Ah, no, I don't. See, the, the one... The one above, the picture above, is exactly what it was like on set. Like, if if you told me that someone took that picture on that day, I would believe you because it was like that. There were small fires everywhere. Um, is that is that a picture or a painting? That's a painting. God, it's good. I think. Yes, it is. Um. But that is exactly what it looks like. I didn't see that creature, no. I think it would have given me horrific nightmares. <laughs> it reminds me of the one in Solo, you know, the horrible thing at the beginning. Ah, oh, the Mother Proxima. Yeah, and I yeah. didn't like that either. Yeah, she um, reminded me of like the alien queen in Aliens. It's yeah. just like, oh. I feel like this bit with the swamp, because where we were didn't have a swamp. So I think that's a separate thing. But no, I don't remember seeing that, but it would have scared me to death. <laughs> I love the creatures. I work with creatures quite a lot. Um, Claude, everyone loved Claude. And then there's the moly type one that was always standing near me, which was so cute. Ah, oh, the little, like, mechanic? No, he's like, I'm going to find him in the book. These guys work so hard. Like, we have – I say what we do is tough. I know you've spoken to um, creatures, actors before. Man, they they have, like, no vision at all. Ours is limited, but they have none. And it's, like, so hot. They have to have, like, fans pumping air into them and stuff. And it's so hard, like, what they do. I mean, I'm – actual so much admiration and also they they have to get there like really early in the morning a lot of them to be to have all this stuff applied like they can be in the chair for like five hours so they have to get to work at like 2 a.m i've heard them all talking about this to 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 be able to be ready and then you know sometimes they don't get used and it's it's tough it's so tough so, yeah, I have a huge amount of admiration for those guys. Ah, it's Twilight Noor. What page? Uh, 97. This isn't um, the dictionary. This isn't the art of. Ah, oh, okay. Um, that was cute. And also, yeah, they're just... I, I said earlier about all the different departments and how they're at the top of their game. Like, when you're standing on set and you're standing next to these creatures and stuff, it's just mind-blowing. Hey, if that picture or that image maybe give you nightmares, you mm. have to get in the art of Star Wars 1, go mm-hmm. to page 96 and look at some of the concepts for Spider-Thing on Baby Head in Swamp. 
They are freaky. Yeah, that I watched. I looked at this when I first got that book, and that bottom left one. That is quite possibly one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. He's like hatching out of a baby's head, kind of like the, the aliens in Independence it, Day. And the fact that the baby looks dead and it's halfway in the water and, and also the just Kylo just standing there looking. And then the one next... Oh, my God. That photo, that picture is so disturbing to me. I didn't even realise Kylo was in the picture. Yeah, it's just so disturbing. It makes you wonder about some of these guys' brains. <laughs> I mean, what goes on? Some of you guys need therapy. Sorry, I'm joking, of course. They're amazing at what they do. So, Sam, Mm -hmm. I have to say, in knowing you for a few years, Mm -hmm. you've used your experience very humbly. You know, know, you've always just been, you know, one of the fans hanging out at Celebration, you know, getting amongst it, talking to everyone. And... My little heart soared when at Star Wars Celebration, <laughs> um, Mark, the uh, MC, before, you know, the, the big event of, of the panel, mm-hmm. brings up our Stormtrooper Sammy on the stage. <laughs> I was just like almost as far back as I, like I was directly on the other side of the stadium to the stage, Mm -hmm. but I I feel like you would have, like you would have been able to see my beaming smile. I was just like, (laughs) Sammy! (laughs) Man, I'm actually getting emotional just hearing you talk about this. It, oh. It is up there, I think, one of the greatest moments of my life. Um, So, yeah, Mark Daniel, Disney, he works for Disney. Um, He usually works at the parks. Um, And he does all of the comparing and pre-show stuff at celebrations. And, yeah, I I, I had met – well, I – seen him on stage at Celebration Europe the same time I met you in London and had followed him on social media, but I'd never spoken to him or met him. But I was a huge fan of his work. Um, And the day before the episode nine panel, I was in the gift shop. And I don't know if you remember, but the, the system went down and there was huge queues and it was a bit of a nightmare. Um, and basically, I was in there um, in what transpired to be a bit of a VIP queue. <laughs> hey, my, you're, my... you're Ali Santa. No, listen, full disclosure, I was just visiting some friends who um, from Enemy Inc. who run the T-shirt printing side so you can get your live T-shirt prints done. And they are good friends of mine. And so I was in there talking to them. And then they were like, uh, the guys from Reed were like, well, why don't you go and grab whatever you want now? And then, you know, you've got it. You know, you don't have to worry about it. So I went and I had my shopping list. And I went and grabbed everything. And I was with my good friend, Matt. And 
I I saw the queue and they were like, just join the, the queue. Sorry, you know, the, the, the system's down. But if you just wait over there with those guys. And those guys were Mark Daniel was one and Doug Chang. <laughs> and I was just like fangirling hard. Um, and Matt was like, have you never met, you know, Mark or Doug? I was like, no. So he introduced me to Doug, which was amazing. Doug was lovely. And he, when Matt, Matt told him who I was and what I'd done, he said that he, we have to get you in the Mandalorian. And I kid you not, my heart burst. And I'm still trying to make, make that happen. <laughs> Doug, <laughs> if you're listening. Um, and then he introduced me to Mark. And I was like, Mark, you know, hi, I'm a huge fan. And he was like, oh, my God, lovely to meet you. And we were in that queue for quite a while because of problems, which was advantageous because I got to speak to these people at length. And I unfortunately didn't win the lottery to get into that panel. And so he was like, Mark was like, you're you're in the panel tomorrow, right? And I was like, well, no, unfortunately, I didn't get. I didn't win the lottery thing. And he was like, no, no, you're going to go to that panel. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so he weaved his Disney magic. And um, it was the five first bash that night. So I was up late and had to get be up very early in the morning, sore head and all, um, and follow my instructions. And so basically got to the Winchester Arena and standing by a door that was very plain looking and I was like am I in the right place and basically it was the VIP entrance and just as we were going through the door um Anthony Daniels turned up and came through the same door and I was like oh my god this is crazy (laughs) and then I was making my way to the stage via the stage sorry making my way to the auditorium via the stage and as uh the lady was taking us to our seats. She said, oh, by the way, Mark wants to interview you. And I was like, okay, cool. And I was thinking like afterwards he'd do something on his phone. I know he has a YouTube channel. And so that was that. And I was like super pumped because now I'm in the panel, which I didn't think I was going to be able to be. (laughs) And I'm right at the front in seats that are reserved for, for Lucasfilm. And um, Mark happened to come through the audience at some point. I think he was playing games. He does these games and stuff to get the audience pumped. And he said, I said, thank you so much for getting me in. And he was like, no, no problem. No worries. Glad you're here. By the way, um, I want to do something. And I said, yes. And the lady mentioned it. Um, He's like, only if I get time, though. And I was like, okay. He's like, so don't get your hopes up. And I was like, okay. He said, <laughs> he said, only if I get time, do you have your pins on you? And I had these pins made to take with me, just a bit of swag, because I love that side of it, you know. And I said, yeah, I do. And he's like, okay, so I'm going to try something, but only if I get time. And I was like, okay. And I was really confused. And I was like, does he mean what I think he means? And So anyway, that was that. <laughs> He goes up on stage with um, DJ. Oh God, his name escapes me. 
And they're doing their whole thing and they're playing games. And I'm just sitting there like a nervous wreck, cannot relax, cannot enjoy myself because I have no idea what's going to happen or if it's going to happen at all. And then I started to relax after about an hour. And um, I was like, okay, it's not happening. Because it was getting very near to the time when the nine panel was going to start. So I started to relax. And then I just heard, so I'm going to try something a bit different. Are there any young ladies in the audience that are wearing anything Stormtrooper related? And I kid you not, my heart just dropped like and Matt was sitting next to me and he just started elbowing me in the ribs and he was like this is you this is you and I was like oh my god and the poor people sitting next to me if you don't want to sit next to me in the cinema when watching Star Wars don't sit next to me at a celebration in front of a panel either because you're going to get the same experience I was literally freaking out and I'm like that's the, the that's the Sam event wrecking promise yeah, and like, like basically they've been sat next to me for an hour and have no clue who I am, quite rightly, have no clue who I am. And then all, all of a sudden I start freaking out and the guy sitting next to me was looking at me like, can you stop? You're getting on my nerves. What is wrong with you? We're trying to listen to what he's saying. Exactly. And I'm freaking out because I know what's coming. And he's just looking at me like I'm some sort of... Anyway, I go to... You know, you know they call... Chicago, the windy city. Well, mm-hmm. they kid you not. My hair looks like a bird's nest. And I said to Matt, do I look okay? And he was like, no, you look awful. And he gave, he pulls out a comb. This guy has everything in his bag, by the way. So he pulls out a comb and makes me start combing my hair. Anyway, I'm he's, literally shaking now. He's a very like, honest friend. <laughs> I love that about him. It's one of the reasons I love him. But I'm shaking now like a leaf. And I'm not kidding you. I'm shaking like a leaf. And Mark says... Uh, to these so girls have put their hand up because they're wearing something that has a stormtrooper on it and then he tells them to come down to the stage and their parents bring them down and obviously this takes a while because it's such a huge auditorium and there's lots of stairs and stuff so all this time is taking is making me more and more nervous and I'm getting shaking more and more and then eventually he gets them up on stage and says I have a surprise for you Sam, where's Sam? And then literally everyone starts looking around and I stand up and then the guy next to me is like, oh. (laughs) I'm Spartacus. You're not just a complete weirdo. (laughs) And um, yeah, so he goes, Sam, where's Sam? And I cannot tell you like how strange. It was like time started moving in slow motion. I'm actually starting to feel anxiety just thinking about it right now. Not in a bad way, but just that feeling in my chest. And it was, I got up and I just went into this sort of weird, calm autopilot. And I made my way to the stage. I was quite near to the stage anyway. And then literally I got up on that stage and I had no idea really what was going to happen and certainly didn't know what he was going to ask and I watch it back now and think god I come across quite well considering I had no idea what was going to happen and people say to me did you know what he was going to ask you did you know what you were going to say and literally I had no clue and I kind of just went into this weird autopilot and 
calm and it almost sounds scripted what I say but that's just I don't know fight or flight but I thank God because I could have just gone up there and been a bumbling idiot um, what about the alternate future where you got so nervous you mentioned that Palpatine's in the film before the panel why would you even do that to me that's <laughs> Do you know what though? When you listen, Samantha Eileen is not that guy. I, I told you when Matt looked at me afterwards and said, "Did you know about this?" I still denied it. Ian McDermott was standing on stage, and I'm still going. So there is no way on God's green earth that I I would ever be the spoiler. Could you imagine though? No, I can't, and I don't really want to. That just, yeah. Oh, my God, can you imagine? <laughs> awful, 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 awful. But, yeah, I don't know how I came across so well. Um, it's one of my most proudest moments. I told the story that I told you earlier about the little girl playing and saying that she could be a stormtrooper because I was. And um, it literally just changed my life. I... I I kind of left that auditorium and there was a queue of people waiting to to talk to me and have a photo. And I went across the road back to the, uh, to the show and I was queuing cause I just spoken to people for hours and my mouth was so dry. I really needed a drink and I was queuing up at kiosk to buy a drink. And this man tapped me on the shoulder and he's like, excuse me. And I was just like, I, I thought he wanted directions or something. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, are you Sam from just now on, at the panel? And I was like, uh, yeah. And he goes, can I buy that drink for you? And I was literally like, okay, this is weird. <laughs> and then after that, like. It, I could have spent okay. the last five years getting free drinks. What? <laughs> yeah, it was insane. And then. Obviously, a lot of people that didn't know about me knew. And obviously, it's such a small, enclosed little town for those four days that you keep seeing the same people over yeah. and over again. And so it was, it, it got quite hard. And I'm not going to lie, overwhelming at times. And it, was, it, got, it got a bit much. And I was like, this is crazy. I just want to go to the toilet. Please stop stopping me. <laughs> I'm not complaining, but it was just weird. And because it was so out of the blue. But I watched that video back and it just, it makes me emotional because I'm forever indebted to Mark because, you know, that was such a beautiful thing that he did for me. Um, And yeah, it was just, it was, it was nice because it was, I, I have worked really hard over the years and it was nice just for that little bit of recognition and, just for people to know, you know, who I am and what I've done. And like we were saying earlier, just to be able to inspire anyone, let alone young girls, um, it's a beautiful thing. And I will forever be grateful to Mark and to everyone that was there. And it was just an amazing weekend. And I'm sad that we won't be having that this year, but onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards. Hey, hope. Remember that one? Exactly. Hope is the strongest force. I was I was just beaming with pride, Sammy. 
Thank you. I remember I saw you afterwards and you were like, I saw you. You were amazing. So cool. That was nice because a lot of people that I knew that have known me for years were like you. They were like, we were so proud. There were even people that I'd met the day before who had no clue who I was. And then I saw them again and went, why didn't you tell us who you were the day before? I'd met some people buying a hot dog and we were just chatting. And then they saw me at the panel and then they saw me again and they were like, why didn't you tell us who you were? And it's just, I was like, it was really weird because they were watching me on stage and they went, hey, isn't that the girl from the hot dog stand? <laughs> it was quite funny. Yeah. I'm like Clark Kent in Superman. <laughs> Oh, dear. Sammy, this has been an absolute joy. I'm, I'm glad oh. we got it done and I'm, I'm beaming. The, the stories oh. you tell uh, are so good and um, I'm, I'm so appreciative. Well, we always want to know, looking forward into Star Wars, you've got, mm-hmm. you know, movies on the horizon, hopefully. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the a little bit vague about what they're going to be about, but we we do know that that Tarka is going to be directing one of them and writing them. Then we've got you know Mandalorian season two. We've got Cassian. We've got Ben mm-hmm. Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you looking forward to coming up in Star Wars? What's really got your interest? Um, I love what they're doing with Mandalorian. I feel like it's just so new and fresh and different to all the other stuff and i think it's what what the franchise needed that that little something that's kind of going in a different direction and it's not related to the trilogy and to the to saga and i love that um i'm really looking forward to the the, uh the kenobi and the cassian stuff as well because I don't know. It's so strange because nowadays TV is so big. The budgets are big. Like we're, we're times are changing, and it is quite sad in some respects because cinema doesn't have the, this kind of space that it had before. Um, we've got films that are going straight to you know digital, and especially with the pandemic, um, and. I don't want that to be the end of cinema. I think there's a real there's a real need for people to be able to go out and watch films in a cinema because it's a beautiful thing. But also it's interesting to watch, you know, stuff on TV and like with The Mandalorian, but also with the Cassian stuff. I think that would be really interesting because there's stuff you can do with TV that you can't do with film and vice versa. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but just also the the film, just to see, just the seeing where it can all go and all the new avenues they can go down. And I know Ryan Johnson talked about having something completely new and a new, fresh sort of road to go down. And I love that the po- the possibilities are endless. Mm. And I love that. And I'm just interested to see where it will go. And, um, yeah, I'm excited. I hope that, you know, maybe I'll be a part of it. But if not, I look forward to just observing it as a as a fan. 
I, you know, I really hope that, you know, in a couple of years you get to be very vague to me about what you've been doing. <laughs> You'll know. If I if I start length, at length talking about something, then you know that I haven't been doing Star Wars. If I'm vague, then you then you know oh, she's back in it. She's been super. She's been super vague. She's back in. She's back in. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, this has been the best fun. I I know you're not a huge social media person, but if if people want to follow your uh, exploits, yeah. where can they do that? <laughs> I, I, I love social media for, for Star Wars and possibly the only reason I'm on it is for that. So if you can follow me on um, Instagram, Sam in the city 79, uh, Twitter, Sam KK Air, Sam KK Aline. Uh, and I also have a Facebook page, but it's just search, search my name, Samantha Aline, A-L-L-E-Y-N-E. And yeah, I try and post, you know, pictures of me and stuff and some stories and whatnot i've got a lot of stuff actually that i haven't posted so i need to get around to that there's lots of stuff i haven't shared and lots of stories which i want to share so yeah come follow me well that sounds like a a sweet sizzle of a part two down the road yes definitely so many stories they're, they're, I'm sure they'll one day I'll write a book if I'm allowed. <laughs> I'll let ya. <laughs> yeah, it's not you I'm worried about, dude. <laughs> wow, can you hear that dump truck out the front? Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Wait, we'll just wait for that to wrap up. I thought you'd just come off your skateboard. Yeah, oh, it's actually a... um. It's a waste of a truck because normally when Harry's here, he'd be looking out the window going, truck, 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 truck. Oh, he's so cute. And I love all his little Star Wars outfits. Oh, yeah, so do I. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> it's like an earthquake here. Hey, don't tempt fate. This has to be a comedy sketch that I'm in. <laughs> oh my god. That is like going on for a long time. <laughs> Are they done? No. Oh my god. They're getting further away, but. Oh, okay. I, think I can't they're... hear it now, so. Oh, that's good. All right. Um, all right. Reset. Um, well, that sounds like some sweet sizzle for perhaps a part two episode down the track, Sammy. Um, these, this, I've had the best time. This has been awesome. Thanks Me so much. Me too. Thank you so much. It's been long overdue, but you know, sometimes the best things come to those who wait. And if I, had, if I had have given done this podcast uh, all those years ago, I would not have nearly had as many, you know, anywhere near as good as good the stories and the characters and the. So yeah, I'm glad we waited. 
You didn't forget me on your way up. Thanks, Sammy. I appreciate that. I know that's what you were, you were sort of hinting at there. Because we would have just had not so much good stuff to talk about, which we have had. And there's still more. So, yeah, let's do that. Love it. Well, thank you. Thank to Sorry. Thanks to everyone listening. Really appreciate it. Stay safe. Look after your friends. Look after your fam. And may that force be with you. Bye, guys. That was very good. Thank you so much. Hey, you guys. I hope you enjoyed what was a delightful time hanging out with Samantha Aline. Just the best. Just what I needed. If you enjoyed the app, then please, as the plug in the middle of the podcast suggested, listen to word of mouth is the easiest way to help us out and often the most constructive because normally people find out about the podcast from their friend recommending it or uh, commenting about an episode they enjoyed. That's how I find out about new podcasts. So it would be, it's just so appreciated. Thank you so much. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast and you would like more content and support its production from $3 a month, you can join the content club on Patreon and get multiple bonus episodes a week along with access to our full archives, over 600 episodes, live at conventions, commentaries at comedy festivals. There is so much good stuff, as well as hundreds of pretty timeless Star Wars interviews from Mendo to my mum. What a gamut of amazing people we have talked to. You can check it all out at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. There is another Patreon Q&A going up today. Uh, A couple days back, we had a new Page Wars exclusive for patrons where King Tom took us through the Dr. Aphra original audio book. Of course, every third episode of each show, we put up all access to drum up some heat. And last week, we had another questions we have on the all access and King Tom talking about Shadowfall Alphabet Squadron on the all access. And further back this month, Page Wars episode 11, Queen's Peril. And man, did that have some revelations. So enjoy that. Uh, Those missing Robbo, we are doing some Robbo reports tonight. And Hawes and the Star Wars Year by Podcast Show will be returning next week. Plenty of fun. I'm not sure if you can hear that helicopter, but that is life of podcasting in LA, it would seem. There he goes. Also, as mentioned in the pop-up advertisement, as it were, I should actually point out that if you are on Patreon, you get the episodes without the little 
messages in the middle. You get the constant two-hour conversation through all our um, interview episodes. But, as I mentioned, we've got a new T-shirt, the Yodi Hawk print combining our favourite, Baby Yoda, with my favourite skateboard graphic of all time, the original Tony Hawk Pal Peralta 1980s graphic. I am thrilled with the job Andy Murphy did with this. Whether you're into skateboarding or not, it is a great Baby Yoda t-shirt. And, hey, for those taking notes, I'm not using that word in reference to it because I want all of you to buy it. I don't want the people that are against my little nickname. So there you go. Tim and Emily... King Tom, doing it just for you guys. Alrighty. Also, we've got a uh, pre-order of the Yub Nub t-shirt coming back. We did one run of those for Celebration Orlando. They sold out. And these are screen printed. They, we, I don't digitally print the t-shirts. So there's a lot of screens involved, a lot of setup. So you can't just print off one or two whenever you please. So it's pretty unlikely we'll do another run of Yub Nubs or Yodi Hawks after this. Also, as a little hint, if you sign up to the Patreon for the $3 or over a month content club, you get a code that gets you 20% off at Mercho Store. Get a discount, get your money back, and you get access to 600 Steel Wars episodes, as well as a month of bonus episodes and ad content. That's about it for the announcements. We've got more exciting stuff coming next week. Trying to get some fun stuff going in lieu of celebration. This t-shirt was going to be a, uh, a celebration exclusive, if you will. But uh, we'll, we'll come up with some fun stuff to all do together next week to um, to make the best of the situation. Hey, guys, it thrills me that you listen to my podcast and the people come on it and a good time is had. Thank you so much for your support. Stay safe, stay well, and may that force... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.